this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a convincing photograph of a man from Canada, and I'm Evan. I'm falling off a tower of cheerleaders with a Viking hat on, and I'm Ronnie. Ending Pending is, oh, if you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering the much-requested Freaks and Geeks. Before we get into that, I have a bit for us. My body is ready. What's the bit? That's what they used to say on Tumblr, do you remember? Uh, My body is ready. My body is ready. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Tumblr. I wasn't wasn't a part of that, but I can look back fondly and say, oh, that was a thing that people did. Sure was. Now you know, Ronnie. Now Now if somebody says, my body is ready, uh, you'll be like, ha ha, remember Tumblr? It's like from Tumblr. It's like from the internet site. I like your shoelaces. Thanks, I stole them from the president. Nailed it. Got it in one, baby. Gosh. All right. So, uh, some context for this bit. Uh, I got a, uh, well, with with the COVID times in general, I, I, I was listening to way less podcasts and got behind in everything. And then uh, I got a, uh, a promotion, you know, a little brag here. I got a promotion. And now I'm listening to even less podcasts. <laughs> but I was catching up on my huge backlog of Poker Pals. And I just got to the inauguration. And they were talking about uh, President Biden's family Bible and, yes. and laughing quite quite a bit about it because it's it's fucking huge. Um, my question for this bit in relation to Apocrypals, which has nothing to do with freaks and geeks, but we're here anyway. Uh, what would you be sworn in on? Mm. Um. Ah, Lord of the Rings was my go-to. Like that was the first thing that popped into my head. Gosh, it's <laughs> I literally. So I I I do have some very local political aspirations. So it's 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 a little bit like hmm. Uh, this is I may be held to account for this. I literally had a dream last <laughs> night that I was like, people were saying you should run, you should run. Um. Ah. Uh, I guess I would probably um pay no attention to the typing. Um if I was being fully honest, I would probably be sworn in on uh, a copy of the Angela Davis collection Freedom is a Constant Struggle. Um it's all about uh, dismantling uh, racist structures and rebuilding them in a way that is equitable for for all people, uh, especially uh, black folks that live in our country because they were brought here illegally and uh, as slaves. So that's not a funny answer, but that's no, that's, a good, that's what that's it would a be. Good, thoughtful, good answer. insightful answer, though. That's yeah. a good, um, a good tone to set for your future political aspirations. Yeah. Um, 
to to go from that insightful answer to my shit dick answer, uh, <laughs> the the screenplay for Mad Max Fury Road. That's a good answer. I mean, the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have Can to be a book? Can you get sworn in on a Blu-ray? Yeah, I can I put my hands s- on a Blu-ray? <laughs> can you just yeah, pull? Yeah, you're thinking, too, you're thinking too narrowly. Maybe we can get sworn in That's on literally fair. any object. That's fair. Ooh. I don't, uh, I don't know that there's Chris, rules. Chris Evans' ass. <laughs> I'm going to put my hand and swear <laughs> over. Captain America's ass. Captain America's ass. <laughs> Consensually. Oh, no. Chris Evans would do it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to oh, stick with Lord of the Rings because it really uh, uh, set off a lifelong obsession with uh, the high fantasy genre. So, yeah, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with that, actually. The only other contender might be, like, the Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials series. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, I think... Uh, Lord of the Rings is kind of the granddaddy of of modern high fantasy, so we'll stick with it. Yeah, all my answers are going to be in the same vein as Angela Davis. I mean, I, I, Brian Stevens is just mercy. Um, would be would be a good one. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 boring because it's because it might be real. No, that's not boring. That's a, that's genuinely a good answer, Ronnie. That's a thoughtful. It's certainly better than my answer. <laughs> yeah, my my answer was great. So your I, answer was I, very good. Yeah, I I, I want to come to your inauguration where you're sworn in on a just loose, uh, <laughs> bootleg Blu-ray of Max Mad Max Fury Road. Not even in the box. Not you even in the box. Like, Put your fingertips on the disc. Uh-huh. Oh, no, no. It's, don't get fingerprints on my disc. It's, it's, oh, a, it's one it. of those silver just DVD-R discs mm-hmm. in orange Sharpie written Mad Max Fury Road. But Fury is spelled F-U-R-R-Y. So who knows what's on there, you know? Oh, dear. That, this is going to set a very different tone for your political career. Yeah. If it's some kind, but, of, uh, some kind of furry porn parody of Mad Max Fury Road. But I'm voting for you. I don't want to watch that. I feel like it probably exists out there somewhere. Sure Almost does. certainly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Maybe it has. Maybe it has Muppets. Hey, I'm if sure, you're, I'm if sure you're a listener and you've ever seen the the furry porn parody of Mad Max Fury Road, uh, send it to our our Pendy Gmail uh, so that we can all watch it. I'm no, googling this because y- your y'all's minds went right to porn, and in my mind there was. Definitely a Sesame Street parody of Mad Max Furry Road. Um, okay, Ronnie. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, nothing is coming up. So uh, Sesame Street and also um, the porn industry. It's a it's a mad dash. It's a mad dash to the finish on this one. Hey, whatever happened to Sir Nee? Is Sir Nee still out there? I don't know. Sirni, if you're around, shoot us a shoot us a message just so we we know you're safe, buddy. Yeah. Are you, did you survive the pandemic, Sirni? Are you okay? Is everything you doing? Good? doing? Yeah. OG fan, Sirni. Electric Gauntlets, I'm sure, is out there wielding their gauntlet of justice, uh, and 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 might. They're probably doing good. 
their gauntlet that makes spreadsheets. Yeah. That's kind of gauntlet. It's a good gauntlet. Mm -hmm. Should we Uh, talk about the show? What are we talking about? Sure, we're talking about Freaks and Geeks. We're talking about Freaks and Geeks. We watched three of these episodes. Evan, what happened in these three episodes? In these three episodes, we uh, just disregarded this this titling convention that sometimes we do and sometimes we don't, because uh, two of them have the titling convention and two of them... Don't. I hate this. Can I just say, whoever came up with the titles for Freaks and Geeks, fuck you, because <laughs> you can't just... You cannot create a system and stick with it sometimes and neglect it like a third of the time. Like, some of the episodes are named Thing and Thing, because the show is called Freaks and Geeks, you know? So mm-hmm. we've got beers and weirs, and we've got tricks and treats, and we've got tests and breasts, and we've got carded and discarded, which, I mean, you know, some of them have, like, different... Uh, Some of them have a rhyming convention, kind of. Some of them are, like, alliterative, but they kind of got the same thing. They got the same pattern. But then there's just other bullshit. There's, a, there's an episode called I'm with the Band. There's an episode called Kim Kelly is my friend. What are you doing? Why do you have some episodes that have the thing and stuff? As we it. talked about, a lot of these episodes were pro- were probably like just recorded and submitted out of order. Um, we do get some callbacks in these couple of episodes, but for the most part, it just seems like they could go anywhere. Um, maybe maybe whoever just like submitted them, uh, one person did all the 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 titles where it's something and something and somebody just titled them normal and they were like oh no did you oh no did you oh no i didn't get oh the you memo. had a system dave why didn't you tell me i was just naming them whatever shit i anyway. wonder if maybe some of them had like words that were borderline naughty and then like mm. last second they were like you gotta you gotta can those titles like they got they got flagged, and then they were like, fuck it, if I can't say the word dookie in a title or crap or something, then, like, what we're just going with whatever. breasts in it? That's a body part. It could be, <laughs> and that could be a chicken breast. It's not, though. But it could be. So, you know, maybe breast got by, but, you know, I'm just spitballing here. I don't know what happened. I wasn't in the writer's room. Sure. Okay. All right. So, we watched episodes 7 and 8 and 9. Episode 7, carded and discarded. Uh, there's this new uh, transfer student in school from Florida. Her name's Maureen. And uh, Sam and his two nerdy friends, uh, like, make friends with her. She She's, like, very nice and likes the stuff that she likes, or likes the stuff that they like and is also very pretty. And, uh... They go and, like, launch some model rockets, and she thinks it's cool, and she's having a great time. Uh, And then they see her talking to, like, popular kids, you know, kids that they perceive to be cooler than them. And they're like, oh, no, we can't let her make friends with anyone other than us, because then she won't want to hang out with us anymore, because the other people are cooler. So they, like, set out to sabotage her relationships with other people. And also, they, like, draw straws or something to see which one of them gets to date her without, like, any input from her whatsoever. Uh, not good. Not good vibes. Um, so yeah, they, they basically just try to 
make it so that she has to hang out with them all of the time. And also, like, all of them are in love with her. Um, Lindsay and all of her friends try to get fake IDs so that they can go see this band, like some local band at a bar. Uh, they get shitty ones from that one guy who's, uh, he's in the Scott Pilgrim movie. And he's also in, what, what's that director that makes those very colorful movies that are really stylistically distinct? Wes Anderson? Um, yes, Wes Anderson. Nice. Uh, they, 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 uh, yeah, good, good, good spot, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was talking about. I'm here. But there's, there's, uh, this, this guy who's the actor who's in a bunch of Wes Anderson films and is also the, the bad guy in, uh, in Scott Pilgrim. And he, like, works at a clothing store and he gets them, uh, very bad fake IDs. He's a very common, like, criminal white guy criminal trope character actor i'm sure that he's popped up in a uh in an ending pending show or two he's in uh fucking fargo he is, is in he? fargo he's, yeah he's, yeah, he's fucking great and he's yeah. good he does a good he's, yeah. he's a total yeah. sleaze uh in everything but he's great yeah he looks untrustworthy he's got yeah. an untrustworthy face so he's in a lot of stuff where yeah like you said ronnie anyway um that's some medieval shit right there what Scott, he looks untrustworthy. You know, <laughs> well, sure. I mean, this is a like completely subjective value judgment that we humans unfairly make about each other. But um, he he's got I mean, he's it, got that face. It's fair. He he does have a a skeevy rat face. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's in a, a a show that was, I think it was a TBS maybe or maybe it was a an ABC Family on a Grounded for Life. He he plays uh Donal Logue's brother, a good friend Donal Logue. And and they You both- two are talking about two different actors. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh? You're talking about the second ID guy. Evan oh. is talking about the first ID guy. Which yep. to be fair, Super the, sec- oh the second ID guy is a Black Donnelly's alum. <laughs> and he plays this he plays this skeezy rat fink uh criminal guy in that. Oh my gosh. I was trying to think how this guy got into Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, yes. I'm talking about the guy from the clothing store. <laughs> You're talking like the about- guy. He's got yeah. like kind of a mole on his face, yep. you know? He's got yeah. dark hair. I he's um, they're they are both very <laughs> Wait, they're both that was very understandable because they both are al- always playing like kind of skeevy dudes. Oh, and they're, they um, both sell fake IDs in this universe. Yeah, they, they do. do. Anyway, so they uh, they get very bad fake IDs from the uh, the guy in all the Wes Anderson movies. And then uh, they are unsatisfied with those fake IDs. So they go to like Millie's cousin. Millie is Lindsay's friend who is like comedically very Christian in this uh in this show i don't know if we've mentioned her before but anyway she's got like a brother who's like a small time scam artist or a cousin or some something and uh he makes them uh new fake ids that are also bad and they go to the bar and uh the bouncer clearly doesn't buy their fake ids but lets them in anyway and uh it turns out that the band is headed by their guidance counselor who then uh, publicly embarrasses them for having got fake IDs and got into a bar. Um, episode eight, girlfriends and boyfriends. Not a good, that, uh, that's not really rhyming y'all. Um, anyway, um, so Nick and Lindsay start dating and, uh, 
Nick gets like way too obsessed with Lindsay. Uh, at first, she uh, she like kind of likes him, and so she uh, like sort of half-assedly starts dating him. Like they kiss once, and then like word gets around, and everyone kind of knows that they're an item. And she's worried that he's gonna like pressure her into having sex, but uh, she goes over to his house, and he doesn't want to have sex. He just wants to awkwardly serenade her while he's stoned and just like stare at her face weirdly and um she's just uh she's just kind of weirded out by it it's weird vibes like she kind of liked him before but now he's being way too intense uh and then sam sam has a crush on forget maureen from last episode don't worry about her she's not important anymore (laughs) sam has a crush on this uh like cheerleader character who we've met before uh one of his friends, one of his nerd friends, gets paired up with her as a, like, lab partner. And Sam gets paired up with this uh, kid who everyone ridicules because he smells bad. And Sam and Smelly Kid kind of, like, bond. And at first, Sam thinks that his nerd friend is, like, you know, he's really jealous because his friend is getting to spend all this time with his crush. And he's frustrated that he has to spend all this time with this smelly kid. But he ends up bonding with the smelly kid. Smelly kid, like, gives him some some girl advice, I guess. And uh, Sam learns that the smelly kid is actually really nice and that he's smelly because he has a genetic condition, which is unfortunate for him. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. It had a very long name. Uh, and the friend ends up not liking the girl that Sam has a crush on very much and not quite getting why Sam is into her. So, like, the jealousy was unfounded. Like, this this guy is really, like, sort of annoyed to have to hang out with her all the time because she doesn't share any, any of his interests and he thinks she's kind of boring. Um, episode 9 is called We've Got Spirit. No naming convention whatsoever. Uh, the... The... Basketball team has this horrifying mascot, this utterly disturbing, fleshy, weird, gross, big head mascot thing. And uh, the kid who plays the mascot gets injured in a table collapse incident. Uh, Sam tries out to be the new mascot to get to hang out with this cheerleader girl he has a crush on some more. Uh, he doesn't really want to be the mascot. One of his friends really wanted to be the mascot, but didn't get the opportunity to. Uh, meanwhile, the girl that Sam has a crush on has a crush on somebody else. Like, this cheerleader girl is really into one of these basketball team guys, and she's just, like, gushing to Sam all the time about how she's in love with him. And Sam gets really frustrated and realizes that he's been putting in all this effort to, like, be the school mascot, even though not going to make this girl like him. Uh, so for like the, the basketball game, he lets his friend who really wanted to be the mascot, be the mascot in his place, even though his friend does a bad job. Uh, and Lindsay is planning on breaking up with, um, what's his name? Nick. And, uh, like can't quite work up the courage to do it because, she knows that he has a relationship that ended badly and he got like weird and intense about it. So she's like real anxious about breaking up with him. Uh, 
Lindsay's mom sort of accidentally lets slip to him that Lindsay's going to break up with him. So he clearly doesn't want to, but he breaks up with her to like spare her from having to do it. And she feels weird about it. And he obviously is still in love with her. So that's how, that's how that goes. That's how that goes. Still so hung up on the fact that we were both talking about different actors at the same time. It was really funny. <laughs> to be fair, there were two actors in that episode there who both t- sold fake IDs yeah, and then both yeah. went on to do other things. You were talking about uh, Jason Sh- Graves. Yeah, Jason um, Schwartzman, who I love. Jason Schwartzman uh, is is plays um, uh, Ringo Starr in, in Walk Hard, where all of the Beatles are played by, like, wildly tear like it's it's an awful cast in your head but then when you see it it's like oh my gosh it's perfect uh he plays Ringo Starr and he's great and the other guy is uh Kevin Corrigan who's also been in everything and is great in everything I think a little bit more whitey in Black Donald yeah I I knew that I had seen him before He's great. He's a good actor. He's good. He definitely he always plays a weirdo. He always plays the same part. I think Jason Schwartzman has a little bit more range. I don't want to. I, I was saying that, uh, and I don't want to take that away from him earlier. But still, both both uh, both weirdos in good ways. Again, if you haven't seen Fargo, Jason Schwartzman is uh, a, a a fucking you know skeeve in it, but he's incredible. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Fargo is a really good show, y'all. Far- Fargo is great. Never seen it. So good. Truly gotta, very good. Gotta check it out. Um, We watched three of these episodes of NBC's uh, Freaks and Geeks, and you know I gotta ask it. Uh, Hey, Andy. Yeah, Ronnie. These three episodes, uh, do they did they work for you? They didn't, but I'm trying out a new character on ND Pendy, so I'm going to say they sure. did. Oh, okay. okay. Um, they, did, they didn't work. I can't stress that enough. Sure. But my official answer is that, yes, they did. And and is this okay. character, do you want to, like, workshop this character a little bit with us right now, or, or is this kind of still under wraps a little bit? Yeah, uh, what's this character's motivation? This character's yeah. motivation is uh, five bucks that i got paypal to say that the show worked for me so <laughs> who pay, who paypal you five bucks yeah, who who, who <laughs> <is> <laughs> this? Just the recording uh i don't i don't want this to you know i don't want to reveal my source okay. but we got some uh we got some geek heads out there sure and sure. they were tired was, of they were tired of us bad mouthing it so. i bet it was martin star that martin, <laughs> martin star was sick of martin star big ending pending fan Real sick of us shitting on on uh freaks and geeks. The the actor who plays the little weasel kid who, who plays the little tiny boy, yeah, uh, is John, like stop. John Francis Daly, I believe his name. Yeah, is? yeah, he's yeah. like stop, stop shitting all over my my uh, alma mater of a show yeah. and uh, and be nice to it. So my I was like, magnum right, fuck, opus fuck. of a of a performance as Sam Weir on Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> he's really bad, uh, <laughs> Evan. I've, this is yeah. this is defeating the purpose of your character. <laughs> Evan, these three episodes yes. of Freaks and Geeks, did they work for you? Unfortunately, they did not. Nobody has paid me $5 to say anything about this show, so I can be honest with you. Interesting. I, uh, 
I wasn't I wasn't feeling it. I uh, I was kind of uh, annoyed that I had to watch more episodes. So, and I don't mean like in general. I mean like I watched the first one and I was like, ah, I guess we got to watch more. Sure. So, yeah, you, no, then you've been the one carrying the freaks and geeks flag so far. Uh, this well, is a turn. I, I yeah, I mean, I was giving it. I was giving it the benefit of the doubt. I was giving it all its chances, but yeah, I I just. I don't know. It's it. I'm worn out. I'm worn out of it. I I have observed its uh the elements of it that are charming, and I can only stretch those elements so far. It's it's not hmm. uh it's not carrying that for me. That's fair. That's fine and legitimate. Hey Ronnie. Hey yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Are these three? Episodes. I was trying to think of a word. <laughs> I felt like I had to jump in. This show. Freaks and geeks working together for your pleasure. <laughs> This podcast sucks. (laughs) (laughs) These fucking dummies listen to this nonsense every week. Oh Oh, gosh. (laughs) Been a been quite an episode already. I don't know if Bonnie's going to cut any of that out, but Andy laughed for several entire minutes. (laughs) Pleasure! (laughs) Oh, Ronnie, this is show working. Congratulations, Um, Andy. You finally finally made that bit work. You finally finally got me to say something weird. That has been a long-term thing you've been trying to pay. It's worth it. Oh, that's end game. That's end game of the podcast. Our podcast is over. Um, hey, uh, this these three episodes worked for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm picking up. Evan has 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 tossed the uh the flag asunder. Um, yeah, I've just thrown the baton into yeah. the dirt, and I I've come up and and who is it? It's it's like when Captain America picked up the Mjolnir in in the other end game. And who who is it carrying the flag? It's Ronnie. Uh, these episodes worked. I'm fascinated Dope. to hear why. See, we do this, and <laughs> I expected other people to say they worked, so I didn't take super uh, expressive notes. But I can I can give it a I can give it the old college try. Uh, my informant sent me a list of things that worked. So sure, okay. Mm. My 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 patron, right. Biff. Your personal patron. Mm-hmm. Andy's secret patron. Um, so let's get into it. What worked about these three episodes? Hands down, the best subplot that this show has had yet was three of the freak characters uh, being uh, James Franco, Seth Rogen, and uh, what's her name? The angry uh, busy, blonde. B- busy Phillips? Busy Phillips. 
uh, hating sports, talking shit on sports, and then mm-hmm. they get they they get harassed by the rival school. Uh, they get hit with some water balloons, and they like are like fuck it, like we are invested now, mm-hmm. and they like go like hard fucking core to to root for their team. And it's just very entertaining and it's uh it's fun watching the like kind of school spirity type uh side characters being like shocked and not quite like sure how to handle their like unhinged enthusiasm. I mm-hmm. was just very here for it. Yeah. Very good. Very good. As so as someone who fucking hates sports but loves to be enthusiastic and loud about something. <laughs> uh there have definitely been times where like yeah, I can get like that feral energy and just go all out. Like I, I went to the Royal Rumble once. I don't know shit about wrestling, <laughs> but I had three beers in me and had like the best fucking night of my life once. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, that that whole that whole arc is is uh is is very not only like funny and not only like relatable, but also like a little bit heartwarming, a little bit of like, aha, you, you caught it too. You caught in my school. We would have called that tiger fever. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was a contagious disease. Cause, uh, the, the guy who did the announcements, who was also a guidance counselor at our school, he would do the afternoon announcements. And at the end of every, every announcement, he would say tiger fever, catch it. And, and, these they caught tiger fever. They caught Norseman fever, which sounds sounds like a, a far uh, scarier thing. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds like an actual disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I did love how horrible their school mascot was. Yep, horrifying. That was absolutely great. disturbing. We, this is something that perfect. we are actually I'm actually going to force us to um to go over this because uh way way back when I think during um. What was it? Uh, Terra Nova. We, for some reason, got talking about mascots and we talked about how the fact that like, well, there's not really like human mascots. That would be terrifying. And I still have a folder on my computer saved of cursed images of all the human mascots I could find. And we're going to do a video where I reveal them to you and it's going to be nice and frightening. Um, oh, I can't check, wait. Check out the Patreon for that good, good content. Um but yes, this was this was a a perfect example of a terrifying human ma- mascot. I've uh, it, at least in my high school career, I never saw a good high school mascot. I'm sure, like down south, where they take their their sports, their football, real seriously. There's probably some like decent ones, mm-hmm. but like, nah. That like Moreland was not about to drop budget on that shit. Yeah, no, our tire costume was absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Um, I feel like even down south, it's like your costume was either it, it's one of three things. It is uh, a costume that was uh, made in like the forties, and we still have to use it because like it's tradition. Uh, a person dressed up as a terrible uh, racist stereotype. Um, mm-hmm. or a literal living animal. Uh, I feel like those are like the, the, the three things. And then you have like NFL mascots and stuff that are like big, big fuzzy furries. Uh, but for the most part, it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of, a 
lot of good old stuff from the good old days. My college had a really bad uh, mascot, Sparky the Eagle. He looked uh, really sad and kind of dumpy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think halfway through my freshman year, he got sexy. Ooh. They like completely redesigned the eagle and he was like really like sexy. Mm-hmm. He was like real tight then. And it uh, it was very confusing. Yeah. Uh, everyone wanted to know like what happened to Sparky. My uh my my college definitely went through a similar um sexifying of their mascot. I don't even remember the name of the mascot. It was just a horse because we were the Bronx. Not the Broncos, oh, the Bronx. Our college mascot was also a horse. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we had a for my senior year, we had a real sexy horse. Oh. Our my high school one was the Knights. It was just a you know, like a, a suit of armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have like a ma- we didn't have like a guy who ran around in a costume. We had a a statue, like a fairly cheaply made like knight statue that would sometimes get like wheeled around the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in college there was like a, a mascot outfit, but it was a blue and white horse, and it was called a blazer. We were the blazers, the hood blazers. Uh. Dope. I'm gonna pause it though. I am going to pause it. I hadn't thought thoroughly about this until just now. It it took a genuinely good designer to make a mascot head that truly disturbing. Yeah. Oh no. So for sure. The person who made this Norseman head mascot for Freaks and Geeks, well done. That's a positive. You really made the the most awful human head mascot. Thing that I could imagine. Ooh. Also, uh, also, uh, the music continues to slap in this show. Great selection of song that that uh song that Nick serenaded Lindsay with. Good shit. Yeah. It was it was very annoying to hear him sing over it because I was like, I was trying to sing to it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did not. He's he's a drummer. He's not he's not a vocalist. Mm-hmm. The the sports episode. Um, I liked when, uh, little Sam Weir is being like a little shit and is like, sports guy doesn't even like you, girl that I'm projecting a ton of shit onto, and he's a real dick, and I'm projecting a bunch of stuff that I feel about jocks onto this guy, Mm -hmm. and then, like, Sam has never been shown within the canon of this show to have spoken to this guy. Right. And uh, Sam kind of bumps into him in the hallway and finds out that, one, the dude is, like, super nervous because it's a big game, and he's actually, you know, not this perfect Captain America-esque person that Sam has been, uh, you know, kind of feeling like he is. Because guess what? This kid's also in high school and is probably just as self-conscious about stuff as Sam is. And then two, the guy is really sweet and, like, tells Sam that he's been doing a great job with being the mascot and that he, like, you know, has seen him putting a lot of hard work into it and thinks he's going to do a great job. And Sam is like, oh, fuck, I've been wrong about everything. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of liked that. The show very easily could have had this dude be a huge dick. But uh, it was a nice little twist that, like, no, he's he's just a regular dude. There's something that the show is kind of <clears throat> dipping its toe into. Um, and I'm like, 
I want it to really go there. And I, and I know that this is, this is, this is the forum that I go to, to have my people tell me that my head cannons are, are garbage and bad, but let me posit this. Um, I really feel like they are like treading into the, you know, nerds of this nerds in the, in the sense that like Sam and, and Neil and Bill are nerds of this era want to like label everyone else, the bully or everyone else, like the mean people and everyone else, the, the jerks of the school. When we've been shown time and time again, that these three are probably some of the worst characters we've met as far as like their morality and their like choices and how they like make friends and treat other people. Like it, it, Mm -hmm. and I, and every time we run into someone who's like, quote unquote, supposed to be popular or like the jerk or like, Hey, don't trust these people. They're jerks. We get, um, the jock Todd who's like, Hey, you're really funny. Like, it's super cool that you're, you're out there doing your thing. Or we get, um, you know, Cindy, who is purportedly a cheerleader and, and very, you know, nice. Um, we get all these people who are, they are like claiming to be like, oh, these are the worst people of the school who are actually like pretty maybe self-concerned, but fine. And it's the nerds that are like the actual bullies, the actual they're, they're keeping themselves but they're creating this narrative of how everyone else is the problem. Um, I don't think the show is going there. Right. But I think yeah. that's a very valid reading of what we've been shown. I think I, that they are whispering that. I want them to say it loud, and I don't know that they're going to say it loud. I, I agree with you, Ronnie. I think that, you know, uh, an objective reading of the show thus far would would have one conclude that, Sam and his friends are not good people, uh, but I agree with you. I, I don't know if they're necessarily doing that on purpose, even, and I certainly don't expect them to lean into it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I kind like the fact that like the they're not there's no parallel for the freaks really, other than them realizing that Lindsay is actually very cool. Um, I, I agree they're probably not going there, but it's just like, it, it's, it's, th- this isn't something where it's like, this is how I think the writers meant it. I really feel like it's there. Like they are saying it, like there are moments where it's like, you know, whether it is through Sam being shitty to uh, Cindy and to Todd because he likes Cindy or whether it's, you know, them like drawing straws over who gets to date the girl. Like they have shown things that are like, bad and they've shown them kind of getting a come up for it a little bit um that's another thing i like about these episodes like um neil literally gets the shit beat out of him in the uh in the in the mascot episode and in the same episode sam has to deal with like oh this guy that i have created this story about in my head because i didn't get what i wanted is actually great and and now i feel shitty like there is some like come up for them um, they are getting like their their just desserts, except for Bill. But also, but also, I don't feel like Bill's that bad. Like I feel like Bill is kind of blameless in this a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that that is that is definitely there, and they're definitely like like creating consequences for these these boys because of it. Um, and that 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 degree at this point. Not knowing if they're going to fully pay it off, that works for me. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's... It is nice to see these, like, some of these terrible characters face some consequences, finally. Yeah. Uh, I do wish more of them did. Like, I, yeah. I find most of these characters to be extremely unlikable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, except for Lindsay. Like, I think I hate most of these people. I mm-hmm. did like Jason Siegel, and then it turns out he's, like, a real weirdo and creep. Yeah. Which wasn't great, and, like, I kind of liked the guidance counselor, but... He's kind of just a dick. So, so the guidance counselor, I, if we take away <laughs> the guidance, which was like a thing of the time, does not excuse it. But like, if we take away the guidance counselor being like, if you don't go to college, you're going to pump my gas, which is inherently a less valued life. Um, that's, that's, you know, paraphrasing a little bit. If we take mm-hmm. that away, I really do like the guidance counselor. I mean, I kind of like him. Like, I've really loved the, like, for the past few episodes, they've been hinting that he's really into music. And then, Mm -hmm. like, there was a payoff of they go to see this band and he's the front man for it. It was a good twist. Which is really charming. Mm -hmm. But even back in the first episode, he's like, if you don't join the mathletes, I'm going to blackmail you. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so like, there's there's aspects of this character I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I do think he cares about these kids. And I think he believes he's doing the right thing by, like, really pressuring Lindsay with shit. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, a, there's still a lot there that's not great. Mm-hmm. No. I feel the same way. I, I feel very ambivalent about the guidance counselor. He, uh, every now and then does something that I'm like, oh, this guy's a little weird, but he cares, you know, like when he was, uh, when he told the, the math teacher that it was fucked up of him to like frame kids for cheating when he wasn't sure that they were cheating and like tried to resolve the situation. That was, that was good of him. That was, you know, a good adult thing of him to do. And then like, when he was like playing guitar and I, I don't know. I don't quite know how we were supposed to read that scene, but like the the squad of burnouts seemed to like genuinely really enjoy him playing guitar and like swapping out. I I guess it was Alice Cooper lyrics for lyrics about being in school or whatever. <laughs> they seemed to genuinely like dig it. So I'm like, oh okay. I mean, I, the, the guy's really going for it, certainly. But yeah, every now and then, like Andy said about him like harassing Lindsay and uh you know doing this like you're not going to make anything out of your life if you don't go to college thing i i think maybe what worked so much for me about these episodes and it's not something it's something that popped up before but for some reason it just hit with these three um is the authenticity of it i feel like as much as like a lot of parts were kind of a drag and hard to watch, like, the the guidance counselor, like, kind of fumbling through how to, like, reach kids and switching between, like, a really aggressive cell and a very, like, soft, like, hey, no, like, come in, we'll play guitar. Like, there's a scene when um, the guidance counselor finds out that Lindsay and Nick are dating and gives her a uh, sexual health pamphlet and... Uh, tells her about him getting herpes and 
it's just like it's it's something that I could very very much see like hey I'm gonna tell you something that I haven't told anybody I have herpes and and like it even Jason like Siegel like I I've been the the boy in high school who like comes on way too strong because he feels like that's the right thing to do and that's what girls want but it's not and you're just a a train just flying down the tracks unable to stop at that point um and i've also been in sam's shoes of like oh no the girl that i like is likes somebody else um i I just maybe i it's not as if it's that different because we have hit on a lot of these things as as we've been talking but for some reason these episodes the authenticity of them really like rung true to me in a way that was more fun than a drag well, I think Sam's become Jason Siegel's. Sure. Yeah. And I, I was fine with the Jason Siegel like being like kind of awkward to to Lindsay, but mm-hmm. it was Lindsay finding the ex and the ex being like, No, I'm scared of him. Yeah. That I was like, Oh well, fuck Jason Siegel then. Like, mm-hmm. like this is this is taking a, a very sinister turn. Um I think that's my big issue with the show because I agree with you, Ronnie, that like these three episodes did feel authentic and I did enjoy them more making my money, but um, (laughs) there, there just isn't anyone to really root for. Yeah. Other than Lindsay. And I don't need like shows with, perfect characters right but i do need to know who i'm rooting for like i can watch every season of breaking bad and everyone in that show sucks everyone in that show is fucking terrible but there's something about jesse pinkman that like you can't help but really cheer for him and that show's got a small cast this cast is fucking huge yeah and I just feel like there's got to be more than one character on screen, especially with like three separate storylines constantly going at once. Right. Well, I think that speaks to it. Like the reason that Breaking Bad is so well done is because there is a ton of character development going on at all times. Whereas on this show, we're splitting our, our attention between so many different characters that we we have barely scratched the surface of any of these characters. We, we got very close with the uh, the test and breast episode with James Franco kind of breaking down his, his story, which turned out to be bullshit. And so it's like, again, it's like, Oh, I was like, even in that moment, I was like, I'm starting to feel something for this character. And then it's kind of ripped out from under you. And it's like, Oh, I don't. So then I don't root for you. So like, who, who am I rooting for? I, I fully understand that now. That's super legitimate. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad show. I think it's a well made show. I I would even say that it's it's like an okay show. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I want to watch more of it if I wasn't doing a podcast. I think at this point I I still would, um, but I'm it's it's the nice you know it, it it's it's if this was if this was another three episodes I'd be like oh yeah I'm in, I'm in it to win it. The fact that it's like another like. Ten at this point is like, oh, that's 
that's a big commitment. I'm not even halfway through this this guy. Um, yeah. Um, the only other things that I have that are like good things are what I what I have in my notes here as guest stars, but they're not guest stars because they're not stars. Um, having Jason Schwartzman pop up, he was a face I recognized. Having a a, a very young Shia LaBeouf. Uh, as the the kid who was the original kid in the mascot costume. What did you not oh, notice I, that? I remember, I remember seeing him in the credits somewhere, maybe on IMDb. Uh huh. I wasn't like looking for him in that episode, so he's, no, I he, did not notice. He's the kid that goes up to Sam and is like, "Sam, I need you to know, if you're climbing up the pyramid, don't pull their hair because they will jerk their head up and you will fall." And don't pull on their bra strap because they will jerk their head off. And they and you, it was it was just like the delivery for like a what was clearly a middle school person, not just just the character, but an actor. Like it was so good and so much in that like even Stephen Shia LaBeouf kind of like outcast but goofy way. Um, Love seeing that. I can I can fully admit that Shia LaBeouf has had a host of very public personal problems and uh is is apparently very credibly like a a, a fucked up individual mm-hmm. i can also say that he's an incredible artist and i really like his work yep like H- honey boy is i got to see honey boy i haven't seen honey, honey boy yet honey boy is fucking incredible it is wild to me that he played his own abusive father and that he found like a, like two goddamn clones of himself to like portray him. It's nuts. It's a really good movie. Shia LaBeouf is, uh, very credibly a terrible garbage human, mm-hmm. but those can both be true and we can, you know, navigate the, 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 the middle between those truths somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Reality is complex, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, so, so but, yeah, let, yeah, that's, I can't believe I didn't even recognize Buff was in this. Um, and we also got another, uh, ending pending alumni. Our good friend, Todd, the jock grows up to be, uh, your very favorite time traveling radio dad in frequency. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Just chalk. I guess this show folks. just has everybody. This it, the show just has everybody who's ever been in Hollywood doing but, anything. But also, the show itself has nobody because in 1999 they were all nobody. So that's why I'm like, yeah. guess guest stars? Nope. Just someone who rolled up on set and was handed a career. Mm-hmm. That is that is wild. How many like people were were just like. Chomping at the bit, you know, trying to trying to make make their dreams come true, and they all ended up on Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess, which like that, you know. Again, this is this is not a reason to love this show, but the fact that like you see Shia LaBeouf and you see Jason Schwartzman, uh, and and you see um, what's the other Kevin Corrigan, like, and it's like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. I, this is this is like one of their first things. Well, that's so cool. Um. It it's, is a level of it's a layer of entertainment that yeah. is never intended, but it's right. certainly it's certainly entertaining to experience. You can't take that away from it, but it does not necessarily make a better show because it is yeah. there. 
but you can't take away from it, you know? Um, yeah, the, the, I, I like seeing that stuff. So hey, what? I, I want to give Seth Rogen a shout out real quick. Go ahead. Uh, because speaking of, of credible asshole allegations, James Franco has had uh, yeah. many, and Seth Rogen said that he would never work with James Franco again. Really? And uh, good for fucking like it, Seth Rogen. His statement yeah. was uh, more eloquent and thought out than that. Uh, it was also very Seth, Seth Rogeny, so it was sure. also like very to the point mm-hmm. and uh, like matter of fact. He's got a very matter of fact uh, kind of uh, humor or way about speaking when he's not performing, uh, which I just love because he's great to follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But he was like essentially like that's fucking despicable behavior. And I would never, like, expect anyone to have to professionally, like, work around that. So, yeah, I'll never work with him ever again. Wow. And They've uh, done, like, 20 movies together. Yeah. Like, well, they were, like, best friends. At least it appeared that way from me outside of Hollywood. So, uh, fucking, fucking yeah. good for you. I mean, uh, you know, you kind of assume that that people are best friends, but like like Evan said, just like professionally, their careers have been intertwined since Freaks and Geeks, mm-hmm. and I just think it was fucking uh like a a stand up kind of a good dude move of Seth Rogen. Seth yeah. Rogen rules. Even I I even watching these episodes, we've talked about how Seth Rogen kind of doesn't have much to work with in this in this show, and is kind of when he does have stuff to work with, he's kind of like deadpan. But I think. Seth Rogen is someone who always gets criticized for playing the exact same character in every movie. And this is very much not a Seth Rogen character. This is at least something very different than what he, you know, you could say what he developed his acting style and his comedy style into. But it is, you know, at least nice to see him trying something different than what he always does nowadays. Follow Seth Rogen on Twitter. He does a lot of pottery and it's weird. What are we talking about now? Are we talking about negatives? Yeah, well, I mean, I've kind of been talking about negatives this whole time. Yeah, sure. well, let's, let's, yeah. let's official. Let's let Evan because it seems like Evan's raring to go. Um, Evan tossed that flag down and said, "I have a list. Uh, I need both hands to carry this list. Can't carry this flag anymore." Evan, what's what's on your list of things that just did not work for you about this show? Didn't say that, um, <laughs> but first of all, the uh, the. The I think the kid's name is Eli, the developmentally disabled kid. Yeah. The kid playing the developmentally disabled kid makes me uncomfortable. Um, don't know if that was like standard on TV in 1999. I don't even if it was. I mean, I'm saying this to point out that it it was not acceptable, even if it was acceptable at the time, you know, but are you, are um, you saying that it? It is not a developmentally disabled person playing the character, or I missed. Um, I I don't actually know. I was okay. under the impression that it was not. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, that's but, what, yeah, that's I, that's what I also assume. But yeah, I haven't actually looked this uh, this actor up. I I got the strong impression that the show the show is like making fun of this kid. In the first mm-hmm. episode, Lindsay was trying to be nice to him, and they had some kind of, like, touching moments. Uh, but in the most recent episode, he turns up again, and it's much... He, his presence is serving the story much less 
and I feel like the show is making fun of him more. Yeah. And so it this, just makes this me is, even. It's another moment that points out like how the the nerds are shitty and the jocks, the popular mean kids are actually fine because they like use Eli to go distract the cheerleader and Eli goes up and, and you know, confronts the cheerleader about something that she had nothing to do with. And the cheerleader is kind of like, oh, OK, that that's that's fine. Like is is nice and kind to this person who just came up like mm-hmm. it's it's very much like you don't you don't you don't think you're the bad guy here, but you're the bad guy here. Yeah, but the uh, just the choice of how to handle that character in the show from the writers. Mm, bad. Yeah, uh, no, yeah I all. I like kind of like squinted and looked past it in the first episode because I was like, okay, they're trying to say something about Lindsay here. They're trying to like show us something about her character by including this uh, developmentally disabled character played mm-hmm. by an actor who, as far as I know, is not developmentally no, disabled. Does, does not appear and, that, that he yeah. is. He, he is played by Ben Foster, who is the uh, extremely sexy Warren Worthington the third, the high flying angel in X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah. So, uh, so he's not the actor is not disabled. Um, yeah. So I I kind of squinted past it in the first episode because I I I got it. They were trying to do something with the character in the episode. The episode didn't seem to be using that character as a punchline in the way that this episode was. But now it makes me more uncomfortable. Didn't like that. Didn't yeah. like the inclusion of that character at all. Just bad vibes. Um, I also have Andy's problem where I'm just like not sure who I'm rooting for here. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay is like interesting. Her motives are like fairly interesting because uh, she's still continuing to kind of embody this like struggle for acceptance and identity that I think a lot of people feel in high school. But uh I liked Nick until these episodes where it was revealed yeah. that he is a creepo and then sort of was unrevealed that he's a creep. Is he a creepo? Is he not a creep? He had his side of the story that made his actions sound justifiable, but I don't trust him. Well, it's just it's just such an own goal. Like, it's such a self dunk that like mm-hmm. that they included the fact that, oh, yeah, he tried to fight my dad. Mm-hmm. When like if if she just said no he's creepy like he came on way too strong that would have probably been enough to give like enough red flags but the fact that they included something intentionally that they later hand waved away like just like you didn't have to include that part and now he's actually a now it's like questionable as to whether he's a creep when like you could have just been like yeah he's an overeager teen boy instead of like he's an overeager teen boy that sometimes breaks into people's houses and starts fights and like punches their dads and punches yeah. dads like it's just it's, yeah. it, it was been so easy to not include that and I agree. it would have been fine it's, i think most people have been in a relationship where the other person is way more into them than mm-hmm. they are into their you know everybody has been in this unequal relationship where one person feels really intensely about it and one person is like eh. mm-hmm. so that's plenty uncomfortable. You know, we all recognize that like he doesn't need to be a creepazoid who fights your dad in order for that to be like a really uncomfortable situation. And in order for Lindsay to not want to pull the trigger on breaking up with him. Right. You know? Yeah. So that didn't like that. Just didn't quite know how I was supposed to feel about him. And then they sort of redeemed him by 
having him preemptively break up with her. <clears throat> like, yes, it's good when characters are, are complex. You know, it's good when characters have layers. But um, but we're also not allowed to see and, any of them. Yeah, we're seeing a very surface. <laughs> we're seeing this guy's actions and we're hearing some stuff that he did from other characters. And we don't know who's a reliable narrator here. And it's not it's not beneficial to us as the viewer. We're, we're not learning something. We're not processing something with this character. We're just like, so what's his deal, though? Right. What actually is his deal? We, we've been shown as far as like the freaks go, the, the older uh, teens on the show, that they are all either absolute liars or high out of their minds all the time. So it's mm-hmm. like it's so hard even when they're telling you some of their story to like really understand what is real and what is not because we are constantly getting all these conflicting ideas. And it's like this does not help your problem of not having enough time to develop characters when you're spending that time like blowing it on, on unreliable narrators. I will say this show does accurately portray how fucking excruciating it is to be sober and hanging out with people yeah. who are high. Yeah. <laughs> because it sucks. That is when you immediately go, this is unbearable. I'm either leaving or getting high also. Right. Lindsay so far has not been doing either of those things, which is a mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you either gotta go or you gotta uh, hit that blunt. Right, right. Yeah, and, and the, the mistake that Lindsay is making is is all of our uh, problem because we all have to sit there and be there with her in, in that awkward, terrible moment. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I feel like I just and this is this is kind of a negative because it's just kind of a bummer. I I, re, I I like Lindsay and I and I'm here for Lindsay and I feel for Lindsay. I just feel sorry for Lindsay. Like Lindsay is clearly someone who is just kind of like trapped, not even in the middle, because it's not like she has like super solid friends that are either mathletes or freaks like she she doesn't seem that close to Millie. Um, and she just doesn't really have anyone to like confide in except for her mom. And that, you know, in a very mom way blows up in her face. And it's just like, I I, I don't know. This, this also got me thinking of like, well, I had people I could really confide in. And it's like, did I, which then came in some like painful authenticity moments where I'm like, wow, this show's real. And it's like, maybe that's not the best thing. Um, but I just, I, I, I'm, you know having trouble that like the audience surrogate does not have someone they can really express their feelings to because then that cuts your audience surrogate off at the knees. If we're just supposed to read her body language and her facial expressions and like understand the, you know, what's happening in the scene. (sighs) And like, we talked about it, like the shit that the, 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 the geeks um, that Sam and Neil and Bill are up to, like, yeah, just, they're not just, good. Just shitty stuff. A lot of a lot of really bad, like, friend zone takes in these episodes um, that suck. And yeah, they're super gross and manipulative to that. Yeah, one girl who seems perfectly nice. She was so mm-hmm. nice, and she to like just wanted to hang out with them. And to like your point, Ronnie, about the the normies secretly being like the good kids, mm-hmm. uh, they act like she died 
when right. she goes to sit at a different table and they they try and be nice about it and like say like you're welcome back here anytime but they give her a bunch of like weird advice and she's like I'm not like moving away like I'm just right. going to sit with my other group of friends which that does it that I think that is a better case for what you're talking about Evan that they're not going to like really dig into them being like the villains here because they like you said that girl disappears. Like that girl literally yeah, is inconsequential. She gone. She's gone. Which almost as if to say, like, yeah, these kids were right. Like as soon as she starts hanging out with the popular kids, they're never gonna see her again. Like it it it, it yeah. has that vibe to it. But it's also like because of their actions, because of the way that they yeah, were. It was and like, their choices. And like, hey, you can come sit with us. And it's like, I understand why that would be awkward, but it's still like, this is not somebody doing this to you. This is you doing this to yourself. She invited them to join the table with her too. And they turned her down, which was like, it's the, the the thing that really like set me on this path of like, Hmm, geeks and nerds from the seventies and eighties are actually have, have, have turned into for the most part, not the best people. Uh, they are gatekeeping a friendship. They are like gatekeeping the school from this girl. Uh, so that she only stays in this one little friendship that they've crafted for her. Um, and they're constantly talking about, like, how do I change myself to how can I join this club and, like, pretend that I have these interests so that this person will like me? And it's like some of that is just like kids figuring out how to interact with other kids. But some of it is also pretty shitty because it's it's being treated like it is the right advice and it kind of works. And it, there's no comeuppance for that. Other than treating it like this is work that you put in that is now for nothing. Because now she's just your friend. Gross. Could you imagine? It's just, it's, it's, I, I really, like, I, there is something to be said here. And I really hope they say it. That would really know, redeem they the show for me. They haven't been saying it so far, Ronnie. I know. They've been know. saying it. <laughs> I want them to say it. Scream it from the mountaintops. These nerds are bad. The lads are bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all just very tenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 maybe and what I'm trying to like divorce myself from a little bit is like, is it more tenuous than like a show about high schoolers in 1999 should be, or like high school high schoolers in the 80s, but like shot in 1999? I don't want to like give it too much of a pass there, but like somewhat, I don't know. I don't know. I have another thing. And we've complained about this, about period shows before. Nobody dresses like it's the eighties. Yeah, no, it's very, very nineties. Nobody, nobody's hair looks like it looks like they sort of half-assedly tried to give, uh, Lindsay the like Farrah Fawcett thing, but not, not, they did it in a way that looks cute in the 90s. You know, they didn't actually go for it. In the last so, grouping of episodes, there's a a cork board behind uh, the guidance counselor's desk that says, like, senior class of 1980. So, like, this is, like, not even, like, late 80s. This, I think, is supposed to be 80. Yeah, it's, it is 1980. Yeah, yeah which is, like, times. it's there's no, like, nothing. <laughs> there's there's no yeah. nothing that's even you could like maybe sneak by of like yeah it's 88 so like you know things don't always look super uh retro but it's like nah nah this no, is no, this is no, basically the 70s 
No scrunchies, no side ponytails, no weird stiff mom jeans. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say the parents do very much dress like they were raised in in the 40s and 50s. That that I will say. That's kind of easy to pull off. No, I know. I know. I did like the parents more this episode. I feel like they're getting more fleshed out and and Mm -hmm. dealing with more conflict and more consequences and, and, you know, dealing with their children, kind of like not being interested in spending time with them and each managing that in their own way. Um, and, and the scene where Sam is trying to like get his dad to like basically be his wingman when he's walking around with Cindy trying to sell mm-hmm. the yearbook ads. That was kind of a cute scene. I kind of like that um, because of like him, like being invested, screwing it up and then being like, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> He, he he realized what his son was doing, uh, tried so hard to wingman for him, but then his business sense took over. <laughs> oh, I want I want my son to get laid, but I am a filthy capitalist also. Ooh. I gotta give you business advice. Yeah. I, I just thought they 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 were given a little bit more to work with and I and I, you know, appreciated their characterization. Kids didn't want to play pit with their parents. Like Pit. Pit's fun time. Never played Pit. It's pretty fun. You get to be a little bit loud. I um, had kind of the opposite thing happen when my older siblings were getting older, and maybe it's because I was the youngest and not the middle. But as soon as my brother went off to college, uh, I was uh, then starting my junior year of high school. My parents were like, "Yeah, we got two in college. <laughs> we're we're." You're good, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. See ya. Definitely the best thing that could happen for you. It worked out. Uh, I think it turned <laughs> out all right. But, uh, yeah, with, uh, you know, they're realizing that they're losing their, their daughter, you know, that she's growing up. They're kind of like doubling down efforts on their youngest son. And uh, mm. that did not happen to me. No. Um, but, yeah. For for me, it's. Uh, did, did anyone else have any, any other things that didn't work? Any other negative stuff? No, no. It's really. all been talked about. Yeah, I don't think um, this is a terrible show. I think it's fine. I'm beginning to like I don't, it. I don't think it's terrible either. This is just the first point where I've been like, uh, you know, it feels like it's maybe going to get a little soapy, um, because of like the the drama between Nick and, um, Lindsay. But even then, it's like that's not my like preferred genre or my preferred like avenue for shows to take. But like, take a road. Like, let's let's try it out. Let's see what see what we got here. Because right now, there's you're just kind of throwing a lot of things in a lot of directions. Um. So we will we will we will be back next time with a special guest, um, who actually uh went to high school with me. Uh, so, so we, you know, all of these things where I'm like, this is relatable. This is relatable. We can have someone be like, that was not you at all. (laughs) That was, that was not, I'm here to tell you that that was, you have rewritten it in your brain, but that is not your experience. We're Um, about to meet the real Ronnie for the first time. That's, that's, that sentence is far more terrifying (laughs) than you can ever imagine. Uh, but we will have a special guest on next time, not revealing any names or nothing like that, but, uh, someone who is a big fan of this show and, uh, and, and it's very cool. Um, look forward to that. Uh, you can, uh, hop over to Patreon, 
Lots of cool things happening over there. Patreon.com slash WTM radio. Uh, it's where they may may. Um, we got art. We got actually, we didn't even tell anybody, but we do have merch now. We do have know. merch. Yeah. Like, which, which merch store should they use? Evan? We have both a, a T public and a, a red bubble. They have different products on them at different price points. You may use whichever you you like, whichever one you're into. Uh, they Love are it. both. We get money from either of them, so Redbubble or T Public or where they may radio on both of them. We got some, we got some sh- stuff. We made some shit. I cannot stress this enough. The money goes to us. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> we get yes. we get this money for yes. real this I, time. I made those accounts. The money goes into my PayPal, which I then distribute to my my co-hosts yes. and also uh, Ryan, who is on the other podcast. Of course, friends. Um, yeah, uh, that is a good thing to, to impress upon our listeners. This money is going to us. Money has already been been going to us from the Patreon. We thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, yeah. I believe I believe we're supposed to uh, shout out when we get a new one. Uh, JV, where are you at? Thanks so much Yay. for being a Patreon subscriber. Um, and uh, and and that is coming to us. We really appreciate it. Any any amount helps. We are we are uh, doing uh, extra special stuff like you just like you heard earlier. We're going to do some video projects. Uh, I just sent out a newsletter. Typically, you only get that at the $10 a month level. But in Where They May May, uh, you get all of it. You get everything that you could possibly ever want out of uh, out of the Where They May radio family. So I sent one out. We should be getting some more uh, later in the month. But uh, I'm also doing one. I'm doing one. Do, Evan's doing already. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, hop on. Even if you... If you uh, Sign up after we send out the newsletters. I'll send you one too, uh, whether you like it or not. Um, we need to talk to our patrons about the movies that we're watching and the television and the books we're reading. Mm-hmm. We can't contain ourselves. At uh, at twenty dollars a month, you do get to fight me in a uh, Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. So that is uh, an exclusive where they may may reward. I really like. Listeners, that's definitely not on the Patreon, but boy, howdy, I would love a twenty dollar a month subscription. <laughs> I, I will, um, I will make it happen. I will find a way to uh, to bring an Andy to a Dunkin' Donuts I'll, near you. I'll learn the Houdini technique. I'll, I'll just be able to sure. take punches like a champ. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that didn't go too well for Houdini. Yeah, he did die from that. I don't yeah. know. About that, I that think did, oh. it did. Uh, it did rupture his appendix and kill him. I love spoilers. How you the Houdini technique. Yeah, <laughs> these massive spoilers. <laughs> I didn't know that's all Houdini that was. How he died? Yes. Oh, oh boy, that's how he died. I'll do the Houdini. I'll die in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, and you punching me so much. What a what, what a way to end what where they may may. At least what we a, got twenty dollars a month, on. though. What a Shyamalan twist to where they oh, may may. That's functionally your life insurance now is that $20 that whoever <laughs> yeah. killed you will have to give us in perpetuity. <laughs> uh, you finally get a third good host on this show. <laughs> Stop. Um, uh, in addition to, uh, to all the cool stuff that is happening for just the subscribers, we also just got the first episode to the public of Fan Fiction is Good, actually. From our good friend Evan. It's fucking rules. It's a good episode. So I, good. Uh, 
I recorded it and then I spent hours editing it and then I even listened to it when it came out. I've listened <laughs> to it so many times. I'm uh, it's good. It's a good episode. It's and good. There will be more good episodes. You also get them early if you're on the yep. Patreon. I finished up through episode three, so you, you you all get to hear the ones the ones that are done early. And that that's real early, not just like force friends like if we can and ending pending like don't even don't ever expect it don't ever expect don't an early ask. ending pending. Don't. uh if you have to ask you can't afford it unless you can let's talk uh <laughs> offline um but yes very excited about fan fiction is good actually um the the conversations that evan is having with with creators and consumers and just people who have studied studied the fiction studied the lore um, I got a real ass scholar on the first episode. It's a real very whole good. scholar. Yeah, it's very good. Big, big fan. Very excited to have it as a part of our network. Uh, you should go check it out, too. Fan fiction is good, actually, uh, on all the platforms uh, against all odds. Um, but uh, but uh, and of course, of course, give a listen over to Force Friends Rewatch. Very cool things happen over there. Lots of amazing guests. Uh, lots so of many like, good guests. Lately. Cool cool like getting plugged in with like a whole like queer star wars like uh conglomerate of folks it, it excellent things happening over there at force friends rewatch um I'm, i was gonna say something and then no words came out i'm just so touched thank you ronnie <laughs> it's i'm working real hard you're just you're just uh, you know i don't want to say like you're just a part of the puzzle but you're a part of like a piece of like an amazing puzzle of of queer star wars content that's blooming online and I, i'm just so so happy that 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 your show is like a big part of it it's so cool yeah we're, we're, we're doing our, our damnedest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um uh yeah you could follow us on twitter at pending pod uh and you could follow us on tiktok at at where they may um but other than that don't contact us we don't want to hear from you um thank <laughs> You can find me in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, bitch. <laughs> Only if you... Listen, you better have your $20, though. <laughs> if you have $20 it, ready. If you give it to us in cash, and uh, you, we don't have to pay the Patreon fees, wink, wink, then we will, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll... You get we'll, two punches. You get more punches, and Andy won't get to, like, really firm up the abs first, which is how what happened to Houdini. Um, so, you know, guarantee, guarantee a fatality, I suppose. Um, I don't know why you would want to do that. I don't know why I'm encouraging it. Um, Andy, what do we say at the end of these episodes? Give us money. We're real. We we sure could use it. You go to the Patreon. Yeah. Where they may may give us money. It is May. It is May, and we are where they may. And you may give us money, please. Money, please. <laughs> money, please. Money, please. Uh, no, that's not how we end the show. We end the show by saying, uh, fuck James Franco. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, that I guy. F- Seth Rogen's right. I feel like that's got, I, I, I'm very appreciative that you even brought that up, because I feel like that has been, like, majorly swept under the carpet, and I, I am glad to bring that out in the open and say fuck James Franco. I did not read what the accusations were, but, uh... I I feel like I got an idea, and all yeah. I can confidently say, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. 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 He's gonna. Yeah. He's really gonna want his five dollars back after this episode. Oh no! <laughs> See, no, he wasn't the guy that paid me. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah. 
where they may radio.